Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the 143. This is Under Review coming at you live with episode 103. Nick, how are we doing today? We've made it pretty far. We have um, surpassed well over 100 episodes, so that feels pretty good, obviously. Doozy this week, you know, big um, weekend for the Cowboys, picking up an uncontroversial win on Saturday. The game happened how it should have, and now we're in a position to take the NFC East and also the two-seed and get a home playoff game, so feeling pretty good as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Agreed. Um, let's get us start, started with the start of the week brought to you by Andrews Logistics. Uh, of the quarterbacks, 16 AFC quarterbacks that started week one, only five are starting in week week started in week 17. Um, CJ Stroud, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tungavailoa, and Lamar Jackson are the only quarterbacks still standing in the AFC as all of the 11 other quarterbacks got hurt and have been replaced by backups. Uh, just thought that was a crazy stat for this crazy year we've had at quarterback position in the NFL. Brought to you by Andrews Logistics. It's been a doozy for injuries this year, for sure. Obviously, AFC quarterbacks have been plagued the worst as that stat goes. But let's move on to player of the week. The man of the hour, number 88, and he wears it well, C.D. Lamb. Went out for 13 catches, 227 yards, and a touchdown. He had an absolutely Beast. disgusting career day, um, surpassing Michael Irving's single-season receiving yard record. So that was pretty huge. Michael Irving was there, um, able to witness his record getting broken. Obviously, it's going to get torched because he's going to go for like 300 more this next week against the Commanders. So we're looking forward to that one. Um, yeah, so attaboy CD Lamb. Uh, we're gonna need him as we go into the postseason, no matter what seed we are. But uh, thank you to the Eagles for absolutely just uh, wetting the bed against the Arizona Cardinals, letting them come back. What a game! And uh, Kyler Murray played lights out, and the Eagles fans, um, they weren't too happy, they weren't too happy. But uh, well, there was Cardinals a certain podcast. This last few weeks, I can't remember what the name of it was. Maybe it was a really good name. It. it was a really good name. And I remember that. They said something about the Cardinals being sneaky. I don't remember who said that or what podcast that was on, but there was a certain podcast that said the Cardinals were sneaky. So thank you to Arizona. We had been getting trashed all year by Eagles fans for losing to Arizona, all for them to absolutely blow it. Jalen Hurts throws a game-ending Hail Mary throw. And to be honest with you, I was just more surprised that his arm was strong enough to throw it 50 yards downfield. So I was just more surprised that he could make it to the end zone. I mean, it was just tough because you couldn't call the touch-push there. And so um, it's just, you know, with Jalen, you didn't have enough time to run it 50 times. Exactly. When you make Jalen Hurts throw, not always uh, a lot of good things that happen. Um, so with the Cowboys win over the Lions and the Eagles loss, we now, um, control our own destiny. We went on Sunday against Washington and the two seed is ours and the division is ours. And, um, so 
obviously this seems like one of those Cowboys situations where, you know, it's happened before where we've had this kind of an opportunity. We've choked it away in the last game against Washington. They're going to come bringing their best. I mean, this game doesn't mean anything for them except for being a spoiler. Um, this might be Ron Rivera's last head coaching job in the NFL, his last game in the NFL. And so I think they're going to bring it every, bring everything they have. And we're going to need to treat this like a playoff game just against a really bad team. So I like the situation we're in. Cause you think about the one last year, it was pretty similar to this, but it was like, we needed to win, but we needed the Eagles to lose. But now it's just, it's a win. It's a win and you win the division. You know, so all we have to worry about is R11 on Sunday, getting it done. So earlier this week in um, the Thursday night game, Joe Flacco continues his reign of terror. He throws for 309 yards and three touchdowns, absolutely torching the New York Jets defense. You know, we're looking forward to that as Joe Flacco fans because this was going to be oh, yeah. a tough test for him. And, you know, there's – People have been making jokes. They're like, these kids ain't nothing to Joe Flacco. He used to have to see Troy Polamalu twice a year. He's having the time of his life right now, torching, on, torching up on these kids. And, I mean, if you look at the stats, if you look at what he's done the last, like, what, seven games that he's played, I mean, absolutely. He's my comeback player of the year. That's, that's what I'm giving the award to is Joe Flacco. He's putting the Cleveland Browns in a position to have good, solid playoff seating. Well, if I'm giving comeback player of the year to somebody, it's going to be somebody that's played. So absolutely, Joe Flacco deserves comeback player of the year because it's not comeback bench warmer of the year. Um, and so you know, do do with that what you may. But um, I think Joe Flacco deserves it. He's been balling out of his mind since he got back into the league. Um, and uh, also, we just got to talk about it really quick. Um Cowboys get the win on Sunday night. A lot of people deemed it controversial uh, because the refs took away a two-point conversion. The Lions had to win the game because the Lions linemen did not report as ineligible. But um, I saw a quote today that said, you know, if you're going to try to make things fuzzy for the defense like the Lions did by bringing three linemen to the ref, things are going to turn out fuzzy for you. You got to make sure the ref knows the clear guy that's eligible as a receiver. Lions didn't do that. They got penalized for it. Um, they tried to get tricky with it. And then also they had the opportunity two more times to either do the uh, two-point or kick kick an extra point. So they had opportunities after that. And then, of course, we all everyone's been talking about the tripping call they called against us that basically gave the ball back to the Lions that was a tripping call on them. So you can't talk about the two-point play being rigged or being uh, staged or anything like that. It was just uh, the, the referees weren't great for the game, but that – that call did not cost them the game. It just cost them that one play because they didn't execute it very well. The refs weren't rigging it for one side. Actually, I was curious to see who the most penalized team in the league was. Do you know who that team is? It's the Dallas Cowboys, actually. So you can't sit here and argue that the refs are rigging it for the Cowboys. Obviously, there's not – don't need to get too deep into it just because that's been um, – It's been beat. I feel like – it's beating a dead horse. You know, that was Saturday, and that was – it's been well talked about. But mm-hmm. also, here's my thing is you have opportunities to tie the game up, and you didn't do it. I mean, don't blame the refs. Blame your coach, Dan Campbell, for running his offense like he's playing Madden in, in real life. Like, just kick the exactly. extra point, go into overtime. And also, here's what I always – this is what – this is what confused me. 
is it's like they send three linemen to the referee, right? And the whole point of that is to confuse the defense, right? Well, the referee announces to the entire nation who the eligible, who reported in as eligible. So you're not really deceiving anyone. You send three guys there, but the ref lets everyone know who the guy reported in as eligible. So, yeah, there's just – there's nothing to say there. I mean, how about I the mean, fact that Jared Goff threw two interceptions? You know, that doesn't help you win. How about the fact that earlier in the game, when you're well within field goal range, you turn the ball over on fourth down rather than kicking it and taking the three points. Those three points came to bite you in the end. But it's like you can point to a billion different things. You know, you can't say that call cost you the game. It's that on top of a billion other things. So – you got nothing to yeah, about. It it's just one of those things. They're all gonna point to that, and that's fine. Um, the thing is, I think we're gonna get to play Detroit and here in a couple of weeks, like Dan Campbell said. Um, if we get the two seed, they're the three seed. If we both win the first game that we play, um, then Detroit would be back in ATT Stadium for the divisional game. I mean, that'll be a tough one. They'll be mad, fired up. And so um also the week before they secured their spot in the playoffs, they secured the division. They got they got a home playoff game. They haven't had a home playoff game in 30 years. Like, dude, be happy. Just, I'm sorry that you lost, but it also wasn't controversial. You did it to yourself. So we're still fighting for the division right now. Um, They weren't going to move in the seating. Nobody thought they would, but um, moving on to some other games, um, Ravens and Niners both clinched their number one seed as everyone thought they would. Ravens are looking like the best team in the NFL right now. Um, They're pretty sneaky because no one's really talked about them this year, but, Lamar's really improved as a they passer. Even, they didn't even make it close. I mean, they just – their offense absolutely obliterated the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just – it was not even a game. 56-19, to 19, um, I think everyone was kind of looking forward to that, and the Ravens just blew them out of the water. Oh, Lamar yeah. Jackson is um, – he's everyone's favorite to win the MVP this year. Um I think you could go between him, Dak, Tyreek, or Christian McCaffrey. Um, obviously, I'm going to take Dak. I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, I saw something interesting today. Um, CD is beating Tyreek in total yards, and he's only like 50, 60 behind Tyreek in receiving yards. So I don't think Tyreek's even the offensive player of the year anymore, unless he has like a 200-yard game this next week. Actually – I think Yeah, I also I think maybe I think CD he's easily a top 3 receiver. You might even be able to make a case that's like best cuz he's I mean, sitting, he's first in catches, second in total yards, he's tied for third. Um, yeah, I don't think touchdowns Tyreek anymore. I think Ty, I think Tyreek has been kind of trending downward. So, um, I would say McCaffrey's still up there, but yeah, it's looking like Lamar's going to win it just because they've been the most dominant team. He's been the most dominant quarterback. Um, that's just kind of how that award, the MVP, has worked now for years. So, um, but it doesn't matter about regular season. So, um, but right now in the AFC, it's not looking like anyone can beat him except for one team in their division, who they won't play unless they meet in the playoffs. But I think that Joe Flacco could go in there, and I think he could beat the Ravens. I do. I really do. The think revenge so. game. I mean, the way Joe Flacco has been playing, okay. 
it looks like he could beat literally anybody. And the Browns' defense is good. I think that that would be a game. If the Browns go into Jacksonville, because it will probably be Jacksonville, and beat Jacksonville, they will play the Ravens. I think that game would just be so good. So, so it would be a little revenge game, you know? Not that the Ravens necessarily did him dirty, but just the fact that he gets to go back to Baltimore and show everyone, hey, I still got it. I think they kind of did do him dirty, actually, if I remember correctly. I think they kind of did when they cut him, is what I heard. There's, I think there's a little bit of something there, a little bit of something. I mean, he had a good career there, so it's not like there. I think there obviously has to be whenever you know the when team you play somebody, with forever yeah. kind of lets you go. Yeah, um, but he sat um, as in that backup room behind Zach Wilson, which absolutely blows my mind. Looking at what he's been doing the last couple weeks or whatever with the Cleveland Browns, and then he goes to Cleveland as the Sean Watson goes down or, yep. or, or is given the starting spot. And I don't think there were really any expectations there at all. Just maybe win more games than you lose of the last seven or whatever that you play. And he hasn't lost a game. He's, um, he's looking like one of the best, one of the better quarterbacks in today's game. Um, He's leading the Cleveland Browns to success, and hopefully for them that can be sustained through the playoffs. I agree. So um, there's there's been some some great stories, including his uh, in the NFL. Um, in terms of a really good game to look forward to Saturday night, Texans Colts playing for the sixth seed. Um, it's winner go home for those two teams. That's the Saturday night game. I think that'll be a great game. CJ Stroud and Gardner Minshew battling it out. Um, not much to say there. So the, the couple of divisions are kind of still up for grabs. Obviously ours NFC South is still going. If the Bucks win against the Panthers, I think the Bucks do take the division. I'm pretty sure, but, um, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> yeah, they have, uh, they have, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, um, play the Panthers. So that should be an easy win and in for them. The Falcons do play the saints, but yeah, uh, I don't think the Falcons are in a spot to win they are. the division. They are. Um, they are. Actually, wait. You know what? They're seven and nine, so that would that would they would them up. Sorry, they would need the Panthers to beat the Bucks, and they'd have to beat the Saints. It's kind of like if the yeah. if the Panthers beat the Bucks, then it's whatever team. I think New Orleans or Atlanta wins that game. Is who the division we'll win. winner is? Yeah. Um, hey, the Panthers I mean, could play be, spoiler. They could. It could may happen. be the worst division in football, but. It's it is exciting. eventful until week 18. Like, you it is. I can't give them that. It may all be for 14. Bears absolutely blew the Falcons out of the water. Um, 37 to 17. Another big thing there was the. Chicago Bears fan base saying we want Fields. Just they, they want him. Telling the ownership or whatever that they want to keep Fields. Like don't draft Williams if you have the opportunity. Build around this guy. Yep. Um. Obviously, I don't feel any certain way about that. Um. I do think it would be a better idea to keep Justin Fields and use those draft picks to build some weapons around him. I think he could be a lot better if you could build up that O line. 
maybe give him another receiver if they could get Marvin Harrison. Obviously, I don't know. You know, that yeah. the draft order is not completely set in stone yet. But I they do have think gotten the first keeping pick. Justin Fields would be the right move there. Yeah, I think I think they should keep Fields and draft Marvin Harrison at number one. I mean, I think it's just clear cut. I think that's what they should do. Or trade them to one pick. But they have the first pick because the Panthers got last. So the, that pick is theirs to do whatever uh, they want with it yet again. Um, so um, they're trending They're turning, trending up. That Montez Sweat, I think, is his name. That guy they got, He's he's been good. So um, they're looking better. Um, so, yeah, so one more week left. There's a lot of teams that are still fighting for – fighting for a playoff spot. I think out of uh, there's 20 teams that are in like challenging for the Super Bowl right now, 11 teams uh, have not secured a playoff spot is I think the number. So uh, 20 teams are in 11 teams are fighting for it of those 20, 11 of the teams have not secured a playoff spot yet. And so uh, next week we'll be able to come at you with the, um, the playoff picture and the solidified version and, so we're pumped for that. Uh, hopefully, we still don't know for sure who the Cowboys are playing. Obviously, um, Packers get a big win in Minneapolis over the Vikings. They are also in a spot where they're winning in. Obviously, they're not winning the division, but they're in winning in as the seventh seed. Um, they could also the Seahawks are still in it. I believe, and then mm. as well as the Rams. The Rams had that um, seventh seed, but then the Packers surpassed them in this last win. So there are plenty of meaningful games that are going to be played in this Week 18. Um, obviously, you got us, you got the Eagles, you got that Packers one, you got the the two NFC South games. I mean, those are both going to be um, – not good games, but they're meaningful ones. Hey, there's there's a lot of important games this weekend coming up. Bills, Dolphins, Sunday Night Football. That'll be a really good one. That's for the division um, mm-hmm. and the two seed. So, yeah, uh, that'll be a good one. Head-to-head. Sunday Night Football, good one to turn into, tune into. Well, here is we like to end our shows on Underview. I've brought you a quote from the Bo Jackson, one of the greatest dual sport athletes out there, obviously behind Deion Sanders. Absolutely. Set your goals high and don't stop till you get there. And that's the truth. That is the truth. Thank you for tuning in this week. Next week, we'll bring you our playoff preview episode as we do every year. Um, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week on Under Review with another episode.